The following is a hoop ball presentation. Twitter at Corbin NBA. This is a hoop ball presentation, so make sure to check out hoop ball, hoop ball.com on Twitter at hoop ball tweets. I am joined as I usually am by my good friend Justin. You can find him on Twitter at Justin Match26. Justin, how you doing? I am doing great. Uh, probably not as good as you after the uh, Russell Westbrook performance that we just saw. Absolutely uh, not, sir. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, this is the playing is the Wizards championship, so. I, I got to assume you're on cloud nine right now. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, words can't even begin to describe how elated I am with how this is going. Like, yes, this is, whew, this is fun. This is fun for me. I'm going to take this euphoria, ride it out for another day or so. I mean, you know, by the time we're recording this, uh, tonight's game will be Grizzlies and Warriors, and I really could care less. It'll be basketball, so that's fine. But aside from that, this is great. I'm happy. You know, Westbrook didn't get a triple-double, but he got some respect on Inside the NBA and peers on Twitter at least for the day. So, whoop-de-doo, I'm with it. But um, we are here to preview the playoffs because we really have one game left, which kind of could be a toss-up. We can kind of talk about that, get it out of the way first. But um, with that being said, playoffs are around the corner. Literally, by the time you hear this, they'll be happening tomorrow, which is crazy. But um, got a lot of teams, got some expectations, and we got some previews. So, I'm going to throw it over to you, Justin. I, I mean, where do you want to kind of start with this? We're just going to talk about the series, break them down, give our predictions. If we want to get really crazy, we can give the amount of games that the victor will uh, claim the series. But, you know, I'm not holding you to it. What you thinking? Well, do you want to talk about the uh, the following matchup here tomorrow that we got with uh, Grizzlies-Warriors? you want to just jump into that? Let's do it. Let's like, do it, I yeah. Think that's actually, like, kind of a fun matchup. Um Obviously, being that it was the, the you know the last game on the last day of the regular season, not the last game on the last day, but it was you know their final games. Uh, so I'm excited to see these teams go back up against each other. Um, obviously, John Morant, Steph Curry is going to be fun. Uh, Dylan Brooks, we all know that it's Dylan Brooks time all the time. Uh, he played <laughs> a heck of a game against the Spurs. Uh, really, you know, played incredible defense on Kawhi. Uh, shot the ball pretty well. Ended up with 24, seven, and three. Uh, got a couple steals as well, so you got to assume that you know he'll spend a lot of time on Curry again too. I think it's just it's just fun watching him really lock in on defense and in a game that means even more than the last one. You know he's going to be giving it a huge effort, um, and especially with what we've seen from Jonas Valanciunas in this past game, uh, really the whole game between you know the Spurs and the Grizzlies was dictated by whether Valanciunas was on the floor or not. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. really dominated early in the game. Well, after like the first minute and a half, the Grizzlies dominated. I don't know what happened in that game, by the way. Like, DeJounte Murray gets a steal and slams it home, and they get like two more steals or blocks, and then everything just falls apart for the for the Spurs. Like, I thought like, okay, like they're coming out, they're playing hard, and then the wheels just fall off. And, you know, like I said, Jonas Valanciunas just bullied Jakob Pertl all night. Uh, and like I said, with 23 and 23, 
they were dominant when he was off the floor and the Spurs were on their biggest run of the game when he was off. So I'm interested to see how Kevon Looney is going to be able to uh, contain him as hot as he's been right now. And I'm not really sure, you know, I think it'll be interesting. I'm sure we'll see a lot of Draymond on him as well. I'm just interested to see how that matchup works out. Because even with Draymond, obviously Draymond is another strong guy. But Jonas having the height advantage that are, you know, on the offensive glass and everything else, I just feel like he'll be able to shoot over him like, the, like he has been. No, I definitely agree with you. I mean, that matchup is going to be important because you're right. You mentioned Jonas Valanciunas just going absolutely wild against the Spurs in the play-in game, uh, in the first one, that is. 23 points, 23 boards. It felt like, and I said this on Spanning the Spurs, that every big rebound that was needed was claimed by Valanciunas. And you're right, it's going to be uh, up to really Kevon Looney. I mean, I'm sure the Warriors will try to go at it by committee, but they are so painfully small. I mean, even Looney at 6'9 is the biggest warrior, you know, able to play right now. It, it's it's going to be a lot on him. And he was kind of huge for the Lakers, I mean, against the Lakers with 13 rebounds, but definitely going to need some more production there, at least to hold Valanciunas to a standstill. But, um, yeah, I think, honestly, I'm about to ask a question that's kind of dumb, so I'm not even going to ask. I was going to say what's more important, kind of that big matchup or the, or the battle of the guards, but I think that's a clear victory to the Warriors, wouldn't you say? The battle of the guards? Oh, yeah. Um. Stephen Curry versus anyone is going to be, you know, a victory as far Unless as Unless Dennis Schroeder. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was going to say, you... <laughs> he won that in the middle of the game. He won that in the game when Schroeder spent the last couple minutes on the bench. I should have said Schroeder. Yeah. I should have asked Caruso. <laughs> oh, man. Dennis Schroeder. That was, that was something. Can, um, can, can I take a, a brief moment? I, I know this is yeah, off track please. here, but... As a Lakers fan, I am so mad that we had the opportunity to trade for Kyle Lowry, and we did not do that. As if we were going to hitch our wagon to Dennis Schroeder moving forward. I like the guy. I do. I Dennis the Menace, all that good stuff, fun dude, but really? You like the guy? He seems kind of weird. He's I mean, been saying some weird stuff. I don't know. I, I, I think you're right. He has been saying some weird stuff for sure. Uh, you got you to point that out. I just don't think it's been, I don't know, it's more Kyrie weird than like, I don't like you because you're – it's different for me. Like, yeah, he's definitely more of a – let me just think of a nice way of saying this. A free spirit? There you go. Free spirit. That's fair. But – there you go. But, like, I don't necessarily hold that against him so much in terms of as long as he's not doing anything that's just like, okay, criminally, like, wow, like, you're really not a great guy. But, like, on the floor as well, I do judge that. And if you can't stay on the floor and you expect to get paid more than $20 million a year, what are we doing? And we had a chance to roster your hands of all that problems. Like – you know, sorry, it didn't work out. Best of luck to you. Get your money. And we go and grab, you know, Cal Lowry. And instead, Taylor Horton Tucker being the swing piece. I just don't understand why we didn't do that. I mean, I understand the logic, but I don't agree with it. And I, I have to say that every time Dennis Schroeder fails or Taylor Horton Tucker doesn't see the light of day, I'm going to remember that because we're trying not trying to win the championship for four years from now. We're trying to win the championship for this year. Yeah, and I'm not overly concerned about Dennis Schroeder as a player in general. Uh, I think he's had a fine year overall uh, since he's come back from – it was health and safety protocols, right? Yes. Um, ever since he's come back from that, it's taken a minute to get his footing. Overall, I think he'll be fine. Uh, do I think he's worth more than $20 million a year? Probably not. Uh, and I think he'll probably end up getting overpaid, or maybe he won't. Maybe this recent stretch will be enough for teams to say, hey, maybe this guy isn't our answer. Uh, I mean, we saw that happen with Montrezl Harrell in the past, you know, who yep. came back and struggled and – would have gotten a lot more money otherwise. Uh, we could see the same thing happen with Schroeder. We'll just have to see. But um, it's interesting with uh, with Kyle Lowry. Uh, I, I mean, obviously that would have helped your team. Kalen Horton Tucker, 
who I think the Lakers are clearly interested in keeping moving forward, uh, will be a restricted free agent this offseason. You would have been just fine with parting with him? I would have been. I, I, I think Taylor Horn Tucker at max kind of goes up to a solid starter. But I feel like Kyle Lowry, especially at his stage right now, is just what you may need to win that ring. We can worry about two years from now, two years from now. You only have LeBron right now at 36. Like, I mean, I'm not sure if you are going to take the the keys and say, okay, you know what, LeBron, you've aged out, you've done it gracefully. Now we're going to hand the reins over to Anthony Davis and Taylor Tucker. I don't see him as that guy. And I feel like that was just... Uh, maybe I'm woefully wrong in that, but I, I think that was just an overestimation of what Taylor Horton Tucker's ceiling is, especially when you could level up the point guard of Kyle Lowry's caliber and someone who more than likely you could bring back, you know, I mean, money, all that good stuff in the offseason um, and kind of go age up with LeBron. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess that's fair. And obviously at the time of that trade, like the Lakers were in, you know, win now mode at this point, though. I don't know. Obviously, like, clearly the Lakers still have a chance. Um, and I think we saw last night that LeBron is looking pretty good. Uh, you just have to hope that, you know, he continues to look that way. Uh, and he even got off to a little bit of a rusty start. Uh, Anthony Davis got off to a really rusty start. Um, now, again, I think both these guys will be fine. I'm not sure what's going on with Anthony Davis from, you know, three this year overall. It's just been really, really abysmal. Yeah, um, yeah he, he kind of struggled early in the year and then Obviously, had the lengthy injury uh, with the calf. Uh, it's just been an unfortunate year for him to just never really be able to find that groove. Uh, you just you, you got to hope that he can do it here soon, uh, because it's been you know we talk about just the kind of slump that he's been in as of late. He was not that great to start the season either. Like obviously he's Anthony Davis. He's going to be good. He's going to be impactful. But he hasn't been that guy this season for you know any extended stretches. So, no, you know, from that really standpoint, hasn't. if you just want to look towards your future and keep a guy like Taylor around, maybe. Uh, again, I don't think it was the mindset of the front office at the trade deadline that, you know, maybe this won't be our year because I think definitely you should be going all in right now. Um, and from that standpoint, I think trading for Kyle Lowry would have been a good idea. But at the same time, at that time, uh, Dennis Schroeder was playing a lot better basketball than he is right now. So, yeah, I mean... I think you just kind of got to hope that he'll turn it around. And honestly, I think he will. I think Schroeder will, will turn it around. And if not, uh, you've got Caruso right now, who's also playing really, really good basketball. Um, who was really their by far best option on Curry throughout that game. Seriously. I thought did a respectable job. So, you know, with the Schroeder situation, yes, he's an important guy to have. But at the same time, I think even if he is struggling – uh, I think you'll be able to make it work in the meantime. And like I said, I also believe that he will be able to find his footing as well. That makes sense. I get you. And I, I so basically you, there's just more hope in their development. You're saying that kind of outweighs the immediate reward of having Kyle Lowry. Yeah. And like I said, especially at the time, I think they believe in Schroeder to, you know, and the way that Schroeder was playing around the deadline, it didn't look like, you know, as big of an upgrade as it does now. And I think that is true. That is true. You have reason to believe that he can get back to that level. So I see what you're overall, saying. like, I'm not overly, overly concerned about the Lakers right now. Hey, if you're not, I, I can't help but maybe take down my fear a little bit. So I'm, I'm going to concede that, man. Thank you for talking me off the ledge there. But I had to get off my chest. I'm going to go on. If this is a thing, now, mind you, you made, you made a good point. We're not going to run into, like, a bunch of Steph Curry's, you know. But at the same time, 
Uh, that was just uh, yikes, huh? Yeah, I was gonna say. Now you do have to hope that you find that footing quick because you are playing the Suns in the first round, and I don't know. I was I, I had ESPN on earlier today, which was a mistake because yep. ESPN talk shows are not the worst. They're 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 ESPN talk shows. That's all I need to say. Uh, <laughs> talking about whether they should rest LeBron, like no, you should not rest LeBron in the first round of the playoffs. Absolutely like, not. What in the world? Are you disrespect Phoenix so openly? This isn't the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Orlando Magic or the Raptors against the Magic, like or the the Bucks against the like this this isn't this isn't that. Like you are the lower seed here playing the two seed. You're playing the Phoenix Suns. Like this is not a take it easy series by any stretch. Like I still think the Lakers will win, mm-hmm. but without LeBron, I don't you probably not, honestly. And if you're just willing to punt a whole game, I guess that's on you if you think it'll do that much for LeBron's, you know, health. But I don't see any way that you're convincing LeBron to do that, one. And two, I don't think it's worth it at all to risk it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, let's be let's call a spade a spade. It's a stupid idea. I mean, <laughs> just in general. Like, I understand risking, Wait, but, but it's not like Phoenix is that bad of a team that you can play games with them like that. Like, no. They can and have beat you. Like, I mean, you know what? Let's start with that series right there. Good transition, not good transition. It is a transition. If we look at the the Phoenix Suns, number two, Lakers, uh, Lakers, number seven. And, um, I mean, the Suns have won twice. Yeah, the Suns have won twice. Now, mind you, um, one of those games, LeBron didn't play. One of those games, AD didn't play. One of those games, neither played. Uh, and if well, you how many of those L- games did Drummond play? He played, he played in the last one, I think. Yeah, so they, they were even without Drummond in one of those games. The they, yeah, oh, my gosh. Do not try to come up here and put Drummond <laughs> as an impact. Don't even do that to me like that, man. Wow. I'm sorry. Did you see that? I think it was, again, that ESPN put out a graphic after the game, like basically like a clinch the playoffs graphic with LeBron, AD, and Andre Drummond. Yo, like, it's you like, the no. extra effort to put Andre Drummond in that graphic. You I'm were doing sorry, the twister stretch. You had... Kentavious Caldwell Pope. You had Alex Caruso, Kyle Kuzma. Shit, like, put Wesley Matthews on there. Wesley Matthews Thanks. played a decent game. For anybody all, else, mostly, then, yeah. Don't put Andre Drummond on that. Just, just make it LeBron and AD. You don't have to put Andre. You do not have to do that. Nobody is making you. No one, no one forced you to do that at all. The fact that they tried to, they might have been, might as well have just put a picture of a bench next to him. And that's no disrespect to Andre Drummond. It's just that he's not that guy, and I feel like it does him a disservice and us a disservice to have to have that discourse to talk as if he is that guy. I don't know. I think Drummond is, can be a useful player for this team, and I think he will be moving forward. Like mm-hmm. He's a good situational center who can provide different things than what – like he provides a different skill set than you know, Montrez or Marcus Gasol. I think that can be valuable, you know, as more of just a bigger center who is a little bit more mobile than Gasol, who can, you know, really who can get rebounds at a high level. Um, like I think that does hold value. Um, I don't even like totally disagree with starting him. Like that was a big discussion, and you know, I think it wouldn't hurt to play Marcus All a little bit more than you are, but like. <sighs> I, 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 what's, the what's, graphics what's the, are what's getting me. <laughs> yeah, no, the graphics are too. I mean, Andre being presented as the third star who was acquired through the buyout market. Yeah, 
it's just kind of dumb. Yeah. It's just kind of <laughs> dumb. I, yeah, it's just kind of dumb. I mean, here's my thing. Like, uh, and, and this might be something to talk about as far as biomarket and everything, but let's just do it in, in the lens of this series here. Of the three Lakers centers, because I feel like, yeah, backcourt, give it up for Devin Booker and Chris Paul. You know, uh, KCP's been solid. Um, you know, he's performed admirably in the playoffs. Dennis Schroeder, we're putting a lot of hope on him. But with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, uh, Devin Booker, despite not being in the playoffs before, I have absolutely no fear on what his performance is going to be. I think it'll be mostly as has been, you know, throughout yeah, his career. I, I, I believe he'll be a playoff performer. Yeah, I'm very not worried about him, especially after the bubble experience he had last year, which might as well have been a pressure cooker in his own right. So with that being said, I'm not worried about him. Chris Paul has been pretty solid in playoffs. You know, he's had some bad luck injuries. He's had some some miscues of his own. He's had some bloopers. But for the most part, you know what you're getting. And I don't think that this backcourt the Lakers have of Shooter and KCP are going to exactly force Chris Paul into these horrendous mistakes. So I look at the backcourt as a clear win for the Suns. Front court, I give it to the Lakers. You have to, in my mind. Um, and I'm separating the front court. I should probably say forwards over the center. Because for me, you know, you have LeBron, you have AD. I mean, that's simple. You have guys who can more or less defend LeBron okay. Jay Crowder can do a C-plus job. I think, you know, we've seen it through previous matchups in the Celtics and when he's on the Heat that, you know, he's not he's not that guy. But he can, like, stay in front of him, make things difficult, that sort of thing. Um, difficult as you can make things on LeBron. And then you also have a guy in Mikel Bridges who has the length, you know, the athleticism to give a different look and, and make things interesting for LeBron as well, especially with LeBron being at this Hampered State due to that ankle and everything going on there. So that is something I'm watching pretty well, but I think the Lakers, the, the Suns have absolutely no way of defending Anthony Davis. Um, he's just a matchup nightmare for them, whether he's going to stretch him out, beat him to the basket, whether he's going to post him out, post him up and overpower them. And that brings me to the center matchup, because for me, the Lakers have three, obviously, that they can deploy at any time, even though they decided not to deploy Marcus All in a game that I thought he would really have worked well with. But they have Marcus All. They have uh, Montrose Harrell as a backup five, although they've been playing him with the four in select lineups. And they also have Andre Drummond. Now, in this matchup, I think for the Suns, the QB, how will DeAndre Ayton kind of match up against Anthony Davis? Because he's the closest guy that the Suns have to defend him. Dario Sarge and Frank Kaminsky is going to be a nightmare for both of them. And looking at the Lakers, I throw this over to you, Justin. First, your own take on this series. But secondly, uh, of those three guys, Gasol, Drummond, Harrell, who do you think the Lakers should really roll with more? And there is a bonus. There's AD at the five. But for some reason, I doubt it's going to happen in round one. Well, we all know AD at the five is the best answer always. It just is. But looking outside of that, um, I still expect Drummond to start in this series. The fact that they've stuck with him thus far, uh, I have no reason to believe that it'll change. Uh, and, and, I mean, you know, you can debate Drummond all you want, but at the same time, like, it does make it harder for a guy like uh, DeAndre Ayton to focus on Anthony Davis when you have Andre Drummond on the floor, both as a rebounder and just a huge body. Uh, looking at just the center matchup overall in this series, I'm not sure how much Marcus All we're going to see. Um, mm. You know, I guess he would be capable of guarding him in spurts uh, against DeAndre Ayton, but against the Dario Saric matchup, I really just don't like that at all for him. Uh, I think you'll see a lot of Montrez Harrell in that situation. I think you even might see a little bit of Marquise Morris, uh, okay. you know, against Dario Saric at the five. Like, I would not be surprised to see that at all. Again, just kind of in smaller lineups, another guy who's mobile and. Again, like if you trust Marquise's shooting at all at this point, then I wouldn't be surprised to see him get in there a little bit. 
Uh, but I think it'll be, again, a lot of Andre and Montrez uh, matching up against, you know, Aiton and Saric. Obviously, if you can get any Anthony Davis moves against either of them, that's great. Um, if you if Andre gets into foul trouble against Aiton or something else, then I could see Marcus All getting in there against them. But, uh, yeah, I think it'll be pretty similar to how, you know, it's been for them. Um, Marcus All, in case of emergency... And against, you know, some of the smaller lineups, um, I wouldn't be shocked to see Marquise as just kind of a change of pace guy. I like that you brought up Marquise Morris because he's someone that I kind of put out of my brain as someone. Only, I put him out of my brain because he went through like a two-month span of just not hitting a three-pointer. And that was, you know, just a little detrimental to the offense, especially when they kind of needed it the most. But all in all, you're, you're exactly right. He is someone that kind of fits well. Do you see a revenge game, a revenge series? Not that they've, I mean... Come to think of it, hey, you know, the Suns' hey. entire drought, he was he was involved. He he never made the playoffs with them. No, I, I completely blanked on Frank Kaminsky. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess that's another matchup in which you could maybe you know live with Marcus All being on the floor uh, again if Andre Drummond is struggling or in foul trouble or just being Andre Drummond and doing Andre Drummond <laughs> things. Uh, that just may well enough be. It may just be enough to take him off the floor just for that. But uh, at the same time, like, you know, I think DeAndre Ayton should play well in this series. I think he'll be a good, productive player. Um, But at the same time, just looking at it overall as a whole, uh, I just, I don't know who you're going to throw at LeBron and AD most of the time. Um, (laughs) If if you're going to be relying on Cam Johnson to, you know, take possessions on LeBron, um, again, Mikhail Bridges, Terrific, terrific, terrific wing defender. Uh, could maybe give LeBron some problems on the perimeter, uh, but I think he, he would get bullied inside by LeBron. He'd definitely get bullied by AD. Um, Torrey Craig, maybe a guy who you can throw on one or the other for a couple possessions, but I think we've seen in the past that you know he is clearly not a LeBron answer. Uh, same kind of thing yeah. with Jake Crowder. Uh, you know he'll survive a little bit against him. But uh, just that clump of guys, I'm just not sure what really they'll be able to do against them. And you, and you talk about, I mean, obviously, you know, Phoenix has the clearly best two guards in the series. But, like, Alex Crusoe we've seen is a good defender. Yes. Uh, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope is a quality defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Dennis Schroeder will still be able to put pressure on both those guys. Uh, even if the shots aren't falling, he's still going to get to the rim. He's still going to get his shots up. Um, so... Yeah, overall, and, and just with the experience and the unknown of the Phoenix Suns, uh, which may or may not play a you know play a role in the series, we'll just have to see how these guys respond. Um, I feel pretty confident that if the Lakers are able to remain healthy uh, and LeBron is actually going to be LeBron, I feel pretty comfortable the Lakers will win the series. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I just think there's a lot there. I think the Suns will make it tough. I think that backcourt will, you know, win a game, potentially two. Um, but, yeah, bottom line, all things being equal, LeBron and AD are just too much, especially for the Suns team that doesn't have a good matchup for either of them. I mean, you have one in theory that can kind of stay in terms of LeBron. You don't have a single answer for AD. And usually one of the best guys you put on LeBron, you'd also ideally want to have on AD as well. And you can't clone. So there you go. Um, With that being said, yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to say Lakers in six. And, you know, I probably should keep track of these, right? Sure. I'll also say Lakers in six. I think that's fair. 
All right, you um, know what? We're we're just gonna do. It. We're gonna hold each other accountable here. We're gonna mark it down. Lakers in six. There it is. Book it. All right. Well, I mean, that was simple. All of these are gonna be just as easy, right? Let's uh, <laughs> let's actually go with another one. Let's just kind of stick to the West for a second here. Um, huh? I said let's do it. Oh, cool, cool. All right. So what is? I'm gonna let you pick this one. I picked the first one. Hmm. Which matchup do I want to go to? Exactly. Um. Let's get the interesting one out of the way. Let's do uh, let's do Nuggets Blazers. How about that? Nuggets Blazers. Um, this is going to be a really fun series for me to watch. Um, obviously, it's going to be nice to see Dame and CJ both healthy in the playoffs again. Hopefully, they can both stay healthy the whole series, uh, just because that is going to be explosive. We've seen in the past just how much offense they can provide, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how uh, Denver's guards handle that. Just because, I mean. We don't know who's going to play for the Nuggets in the uh, backcourt. Um, obviously, Austin Rivers has been huge for them, uh, especially with all the injuries they've had. But, you know, obviously not having Jamal Murray. I don't know. I don't think Will Barton is going to be back for this series. Um, do we know anything about P- – I don't think P.J. Dozier is going to be back for the series. Uh, yeah, not uh, until later is what I've heard. It, it's possible, but yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I even if he might be limited, yeah. um, you know, Monte Morris has been a bit dinged up a lot lately so you know, I definitely think we're, we're gonna have to rely a lot as far as you know guard play on you know Facundo Campazzo and Austin Rivers uh and in sports Monte Morris but uh you know there's gonna be a lot on those guys in this series so seeing how they contain those two is gonna be really really entertaining along with Norm Powell who uh you know just between those three is just so much offense it's gonna be a load to handle for this team um and on the other side uh, like I said, with all the injuries, it's going to be you know difficult. Um, obviously, Nikola Jokic is going to do his thing, and I don't really think you know Yusuf Nurkic is going to be able to do too much to stop him. Uh, and I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to kind of be the swing player in this series. If if Michael Porter Jr. really kind of gets hot and is the player that you know we kind of hope he can be, uh, I think Denver probably wins this series just because I'm not sure between those two how you really get stops. Um, if Michael Porter kind of shoots poorly and fades away. Uh, I think, uh, I think, like I said, I think that Portland probably comes away with this. But um, yeah, I just, I no team in the league has an answer for Nikola Jokic. Uh, it's certainly not Portland. So it's going to be down to those other little things. And like I said, this is just such. These are two really kind of weird teams, like as far as the way that they're currently constructed. So. Just seeing the guard rotations for, for Denver and seeing the defensive strategy for the two main guys on uh, the Nuggets are going to be really, really interesting for me to watch. I'm kind of there with you. It's going to be such a weird one because, again, you're looking at everything that's been up, done up to this point. Um, you know, the, the, the Blazers were kind of hit hard with injuries when the Nuggets are rolling. Then Jamal Murray's absence obviously is a big one. And for me, it kind of comes down to, yeah, the fact that I'm worried about Denver because their guard play is not super great. And we were just talking about some of the absence they're going to have. Yeah, when they get guys back, like P.J. Dozier, like, um, well, Will Barton will be helpful on that end. But then he gives up on the other end. What you're not getting is, um, what you're not getting is, like a full two-way play you're going to get offense and barton but not defense or at least you know below average defense and then you're going to get um defense and pj dozier but below average offense so you're not getting that there um with that being said when i look at the um 
when I look at um, the Blazers, who who are they defending? Who are the Blazers? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I'm sorry. When I said let me look at the Blazers, I'm thinking, how are they defending? Like, I don't trust their backcourt. You know, one of their guys, Robert Covington's better just kind of as a, a air help defender than an on ball defender. And you're right, Nurkic can kind of hold. Um, Nurkic can kind of hold Jokic, but like, I don't mean that like. As well as anything else in the league, which is exactly, not Exactly. Right. Which, it, you said the words I was trying to say. Exactly. Like, he can hold as well, which doesn't say a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. But the Nuggets, uh, it's going to be an all-offense kind of minimal defense thing. I just don't know if the Nuggets have enough juice. A lot of it goes down to me, to Michael Porter, and whether he's able to bring that off-ball creation that you won't have alongside um, – I'm losing my thought. The guy he's gonna he's gonna take the place of Jamal Murray as the guy to bring some off ball offense, on ball like off ball creation that you have when you don't have the ball running through Nikola Jokic. Jeez, that was a harder sentence to say. Basically, when it's not in Jokic's hands, who's gonna do something? Usually it was Nikola Jokic or Jamal Murray, you know, and ancillary pieces. Now it's Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. A lot of pressures on him to create offense and and be that secondary guy. And that's what I'm curious, will it happen? But in my back of my mind, I'm wondering, does it even matter? Because the Blazers defensively are just god awful. Well, I will say, um, I hope that we get to see, talking about Michael Porter Jr. and just how much of a swing guy he might be as far as, you know, the effect on the series, I hope that we see some Rondé Hollis-Jefferson minutes. Because, I, I mean, I am a big Rondé Hollis-Jefferson guy. I just, I, I love watching him, and I just love the game that he plays. Um, I just really hope that they throw him in there just to, just to be Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. I don't even know how else to put it. Just to mess things up for everybody. You know the the Blazers included. Just be a just be a mess on the floor. Just do exactly what you do. Give Michael Porter Jr. problems because I think he really could. Um, other than that, looking at just other factors in this series, Carmelo Anthony could always have a game. Uh, maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. We don't know. But that's somebody who's always capable of. And just looking at other offensive options on the Nuggets, um, it'll be interesting to see if they lean on Aaron Gordon. Uh, more so as, you know, time goes on. We've seen him, mm-hmm. you know, continue to be capable of filling that role in some spurts. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to, to see how he does moving forward, um, especially if he's going to be guarded by guys like Carmelo. Uh, I, I don't know how much Derek Jones Jr. we expect to see in this series, especially with, you know, Rondé has been playing over him. So that could very well continue. Um, same with Robert Covington. We could see him, you know, kind of in that matchup as well. But overall, it's this series is going to come down to who defends Portland's guards and who defends Nikola Jokic. And <laughs> I don't yeah. know, it's going to be a lot of offense and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think it's going to be a fun series. I think it's going to go all the way. Um, I just don't see one side just really taking control and taking over in that way. And so uh, I think we're going to have a seven-game series. And with that being said, I'm going to give my predictions. And it's really a crapshoot. I can wake up tomorrow morning and think an entirely different thing. But what I'm going to ultimately say is I'm going to go with the Nuggets because you have the MVP. I tend to side on that. It's only burned me a couple times looking at you, Giannis, looking at you, Russell, but not really. You're my favorite. Um, Aside from that, you know, you go with the MVP. You're not really messing up too much. Um, I think that he's going to 
you know, show a level of play. He's going to have to raise his own level of play, and I think that that's going to be just a little too much for the Blazers to handle. I do expect some high-scoring affairs. I would just totally pass out for a, a thriller like we had between these two teams last uh, last time they matched up a couple years back. That would be a lot of fun. But um, ultimately, I think that Nikola Jokic is just too much, and the Blazers not being able to stop um, any semblance of a fast break, slow break, breakfast, anything, uh, will work in the Nuggets' favor. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Nuggets in this, too. And I, we're going to disagree at some point, but I actually had the Nuggets in seven as well. Oh, um, wow. Great mindset. Like I, said, I, I think, I, isn't it something? But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yes, I, I think the hope is that you can get some of these guards back. And, you know, at that point, I think you have enough guys who can, again, at least do a respectable job on Damon C.J., um, you, you can run P.J. Dozier to guard any of those three guys, including Norm. Uh, like I said, Austin Rivers is going to be super important in this series for them. It's just another guy that you can throw at him there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I trust Paul Millsap still as a defender. I, I trust Jermichael Green to, you know, play Jermichael Green's game, which he always has. So, yeah, even with the injuries, um, I still I believe in this Nuggets team. Um, I just think... Nikola Jokic is just going to prove to be too much to handle. Okay. I'll, you know, I, I can see that. I, I'm with it, and, and there we are. That's, that's as simple as that. <laughs> I think that he's just a little too much. Um, you know, I think that's going to cost Terry, Terry Stotts his job. Uh, and, you know, it's all the Blazers. But, hey, it is what it is. Exactly. I mean, I feel bad for him. At the same time, he's had a heck of a run. They've kind of underachieved. They've had horrible injuries at the same time. But their defense hasn't even improved in the slightest. And, I mean, ultimately, if you can't get your main guys to either buy another defensive end or can't sustain a, a solid defensive principle or – I mean, there's too many variables for it not to work consistently every year that at some point I have to look at Terry Stotts as like, okay, you're part of the problem, bud, which I feel bad for doing, but, I mean – I'm doing it. But, um, yeah, with that, you know, we might as well just keep this ball rolling. Let's do a 4-5. Um, this should be pretty simple. Uh, Clippers versus Mavericks. I'm just going to go and get out the way first. I look at it like this. Mavericks are, talent-wise, at a deficit against a team like the Clippers, who have just been rolling, you know, knocking down threes at a high clip, have two elite shot creators, on-ball uh, offensive initiators, good defenders in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Mavericks just don't have that, right? You know, they are going to do a lot through Luka Doncic. They will go as far as he takes them. Uh, whatever happens with Christoph Porzingis, maybe you get some good shooting from guys like um, Tim Hardaway Jr., like Josh Richardson. I just don't think it's going to be enough. I think defensively, the Mavs are good with rim protection, you know, with guys, like I mentioned, Porzingis or Max Kleber. But guess what? Uh, the Clippers don't even want to go all the way to the rim. They will bomb away from three or pull up from mid-range, which is what they want to do. And when it comes to that, the Mavericks do not have the personnel uh, to really stay with them just consistently. And so I look at last year, the Mavericks took the Clippers to six. Uh, I feel the Mavericks are stronger last year. Uh, Luka Doncic won them a game, and I think the supporting cast kind of helped to win another. I'm going to take away a game for the supporting cast. I'm going to still give a game to Luka, so I'm going to say Clippers in five. I'm going to go Clippers in six. Uh, there, we're, okay. we're, a little bit different. we're a little bit different. We're a little bit different. But um, I don't know if you saw Steve Smith on NBA TV uh, with some nice in-depth analysis today talking about how the Dallas Mavericks won this series last year and how they gained confidence as the series went on and took the Clippers down in the series. Um, I don't know. That was just fun that entertaining. But, um, yeah, anyway. I, think, I missed this uh, top-notch analysis, but uh, thank you for that. You did, uh, Please look it up when we're done recording. Uh, okay. Steve Smith talking about how the – basically just basically said that the, the Mavericks 
gained confidence as the series went on, uh, as if they didn't get blown out like after one of those games. Exactly. Like, uh, <laughs> game winner. Just in the middle of the series. Just tell us that you didn't watch it, Steve Smith. It's okay. It's we, not, we won't no. be too mad at you. No. But um, yeah, I I just think Towns gonna win out in this one. Um, Kristaps. I mean, are we gonna get Kristaps in this series? Do we know that? Um, I feel like I thought we were. I hadn't heard. I mean, at least I maybe mean, I hadn't been up to it. I didn't hear that we weren't. Now I have to look it up while I'm here. To, uh, let me check it out. Um, anyway, just looking at yeah, the rest of it. Apparently, it's um, possible. So his playoff return might dictate. Yeah, it says he he seems okay. All right. Well, I still am gonna take the Clippers in six, <laughs> but um. All right, know, there we go. I I trust Paul George. I do. Um. Make the jokes all you want. They're funny, whatever. But um, yeah, you say, I just think say one more time. I need what? I trust Paul George. What do you want me to say? What part do I'm you sorry. want? I'm sorry. I had I had to get a, a obligatory. <laughs> all right, good. We're good. We're good. We're good. All all good, Justin. I, in PG thir- in playoff P, I trust too. Um, if I was trying to lose everything. <laughs> but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I mean, I think I think that for the most part, like. The circumstances have been explainable for Paul, for Paul George, um, and yes, the fact that not being clutch, I agree. He said he said the things that he said does not help his case, but um, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, you know, I, like actually needing sh- surgery on both shoulders, I think is a valid excuse for like not shooting the ball well in the playoffs. Uh, a couple of years ago, and then last year in the bubble, like I don't know, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame a guy too much for not performing well in that environment. Like it's just not for everyone. Uh, clearly, wasn't for Paul George. I just I think he struggled mentally just as well as physically through all of that. So I think he's gonna be ready this year. Uh, obviously, Kawhi is gonna be ready. Rajon Rondo has been huge for them in ways that, you know, I, I thought Rajon Rondo would be fine uh, now that he, you know, had to give crap about basketball again, getting off the Hawks. Like, he's playing like he cares about it again, which is, you know, good, what we wanted to see. Um, yeah, overall, I think this team is going to be fine. Like, uh, I feel you. Against feel the you. Mavericks, who are kind of like a squishy defense to start. Um like, I don't think they'll have problems hitting their open looks and even contested looks. Like, I think Marcus Morris is going to knock down shots. I just think all these guys are going to knock down shots. Like, I think the Clippers are going to run into problems, like, as they progress through the playoffs against some better defenses. Mm-hmm. But I just think they're just going to hit shots. Like, I don't – I trust all of these guys to shoot well against the Mavericks. And, you know, Luka will probably have a game. Uh, Tim Hardaway's, you know, been great lately. Um, outside of that, it's not been a whole lot. You know, Chris Ops being there will help. But overall, I just – I don't have too much in-depth analysis other than I just trust the Clippers shot-making in this one. Hey, listen, I am the king of just making a point and making it because I made it. Like, no explanation necessary. It is what it is. Um, uh, I'm a Russell Westbrook fan. Well, what do you know? But anyway, um, with that being said um, – Edwards and – Oh, you yeah, Anthony Rozier and Anthony. You get me. I mean, this is my guy. Did you see him real quick? Um, You saw my new uh, wallpaper? I haven't seen your new wallpaper. All right, I got to describe it to you. I uh, 
I gotta give a shout to him on Twitter, man. I gotta find him again. I, I, I'm a, uh, either put in the notes or something. It'll be, I'll make it random. But I end up getting a uh, wallpaper done for my phone and my, you know, Twitter profile with my Corbin Mount Rushmore Hall of Fame NBA players. And so presented in no actual order. Actually, I guess there is order. My MJ of basketball players on this is Russell Westbrook, of course. Oh, I'm looking at it now. Good lord. And then of course Terry Rozier, Monte <laughs> Ella, Monte Have It All Ellis. <laughs> Michael Beasley and Latrell Sprewell. <laughs> I'd go to I'd go to war with them. I don't know about you. <laughs> hey, not my first choices. But... <laughs> not your first choice. That's a great way of uh, putting it there. I, I'd go to battle with those folks. That's the Corbin Dream Team right there, baby. <laughs> but okay, going back. I would love to see a starting five of Russell Westbrook, Terry Rozier, Monte Ellis, Michael Beasley, and Latrell Sprewell. How many listen, games did that starting five win you? Listen, I, I, I mean, I might be optimistic, but I think we go at least 46 and 36. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, we played Beasley at the five. This is born position now anyway in 2021. We'll Latrell at the four. You know, we could swing uh, Monte. He, you know he have it all, so we could put him at the three alongside Terry Rozier, whoever's taller among those three. We got our iffy three-point shooting. We got some inconsistent defense there. They have just enough of just these outbursts. And, I mean, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I just wish – Just huh? shooting and inconsistent defense to work. It just yeah. might work. Just enough that, yeah, I, I bet you no team wants to play them in a the seven games. Okay, maybe a lot of teams do. <laughs> Who knows? Anyways <laughs> – <laughs> before we before we close out the West uh, with who the Jazz will play, That's I guess we have to figure Monte out. Ellis, who's going uh, to win this battle? Oh, listen, Monte Ellis used to gear up for some of those games against Steph. I mean, toward the last couple of years, you know, Ellis fell off a cliff and his team just got straight embarrassed by the Warriors. But at first, I think Ellis' first game against the Warriors back, he came with a good win. You know, I, th- I think it might be, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think shooting, you give it to, to, to Steph Curry, obviously. But after that... I think you have to give everything else to Monte Ellis if you're doing drugs. I don't know. Anyway, uh, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Would be on my, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to get too far off topic, but I'm interested by this. I'm trying to think who I would put in my my starting five. There you go. Your, your personal favorites. It's not about It's not about who be the best, who are five guys you like. You know, let's take a moment to talk about that real quick. Because Okay, okay. Let's do it. Let me think. All right. Because while you do that, I'm not going like uh, I'm going to avoid star players. I'm going to avoid star players because that's unfair. I, I should uh, no way I should have done that because my team's all stars too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, give it to me. Let's go. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with Ish Smith at the one. Okay. I'm going to go Kyle Korver at the two. Okay. I'm going to go Kyle Anderson at the three. And come on, let me think. Let me think. I might be able to put Kyle Anderson at the four. Uh, who would be my center? <sighs> who am I putting at center, Corbin? I'm trying to think. You know what? I mean, what, Robin Lopez? The rate you're going. Robin Lopez wouldn't be a terrible choice. Like, you know, I'll take the floaters. I'll take the floaters all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. You know what, though? Knowing you, it has to be a cab center. Four more present. Okay. Well... We'll go with Tristan Thompson then. That's an easy one. We'll go with Tristan Thompson at the five. And who's a nice four man that we could go with? Um, Unless you're playing Kyle at the four. Yeah, I was going to say a three four. A nice, a nice combo forward. 
Hmm. Like you can't take Beasley. I'm sorry. Already have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I gotta think about that a little bit more because I don't know. I like most of the guards, like most of the players that I really like. Oh, Chetty Osman. Oh, hold on. So who do I have? I have you got Ish Smith, Smith, Kyle Korver. Kyle okay, Smith. you know we're gonna go with Kyle Korver at the three. We're gonna put Fred Van Vliet at the two. And we're going to put Kyle Anderson at the four, Tristan Thompson at the five. There we go. Oh, okay. I'm a, Okay, so Ish Smith, Fred Van Vliet. Ish Smith, Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Korver, oh. Kyle Anderson, and Tristan Thompson. So you got the two Kyles, Tristan. Oh, yeah. I mean, this team is cerebral. You know, they got a lot of fight. Uh, my team would whoop them, just take all of them in isolation on an island. Okay, maybe we can't take Fred Van Vliet, but I take my team against everyone Don't you else. dare isolate Slomo. Not going to work. Not going to work at all. <laughs> You seen Latrell's free will in transition, my friend? Woo! Kyle Anderson, in, have you seen Kyle Anderson in transition? Uh, yeah, I saw him in that Spurs game. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He he can get back when he wants to. You know what? I, I, let's do playoff prediction for that. No, I'm playing. We'll say that for the next one. We can say that for the locker room. <laughs> We're going to do an hour breakdown of our two teams playing. Hey, I, I, I say, listen, that's a future locker room topic. We're going to break down those two teams and have everyone come up with their own personal five and just spend an hour just geeking out on. We're going to have to come up with 17-man uh, rosters, including two ways. Hey, listen, I'm with it. You know, manually plug and play, let's do it. <laughs> that was a nice aside. I like what that. What were we talking about? We were, we were you know, talking about the playoffs. We were talking about the playoffs. We were just about to get to the, who the Jazz would play, but then obviously we can't preview who the Jazz are going to play if we haven't previewed who's going to win tonight's game um, at this break. So between the Warriors and the Grizzlies, uh, who are you? I think we kind of came up with the Warriors, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be a really fun game, but uh, I think the Warriors – Steph is going to shoot the ball, and it's going to go in, and that's going to be that. <laughs> So. It's just so dang easy for him. No, I agree with you. So, with that being said, I mean, there's your answer. It's going to be um, the Warriors versus the Jazz. Now, this one's kind of a toss-up for me because the Jazz defensively are stout, right? You know, they have a lot of guys who can bomb threes. They've kind of ridden that or rode that train to success this year. Rudy Gobert being a threat around the rim, you know, defensively, you know, defense player of the year candidate, much to Bam Adebayo's chagrin, all that good stuff. But... I mean, I'm sorry, your most potent offensive weapon is going to be nowhere near the basket unless he's thoroughly beaten you off the dribble and gotten there wide open because the only type of layups he seems to always have to convert are the wide open ones. And that's because he's bombing consistently from 40 feet. That guy is Steph Curry, and I don't know how the Jazz defend Steph Curry. I mean, I know in theory who you put on. You have a Royce O'Neal. You have, um, you know, uh, Mike Conley. You have guys like that. But we've seen how that's worked before. Um, it hasn't worked recently. I, I just don't know. I think the Jazz probably win because they have more weapons than the Warriors do across the board. I mean, look, Draymond Green is not going to get away with being such a terror on defense and not converting a single shot at all. Like, that's just not going to happen. They don't have enough offense for him to be taking, you know, complete games off on that end. Jordan Poole would have to have a big game. Andrew Wiggins would really be the X factor for me. How much can he consistently manufacture offense? Um, honestly, looking at all that, I, I think Steph Curry goes just bananas, uh, but I think the Jazz win in six. I think the Jazz win in five. Uh, you said it was a toss-up earlier. I really don't think it is. Like okay. Curry's going to have his moments. Uh, Curry's probably going to have a couple games in this series where he just goes nuts. And even in those games, I still think the Jazz pull out. Uh, head. Um, yeah, uh, there's not really a good answer to stop Steph Curry on this roster. 
but there's also not a good answer to stop Mike Conley or Bojan Bogdanovic or Donovan Mitchell or Jordan Clarkson on the other side. So, yeah, I mean, Draymond will do what Draymond does. Um, Royce O'Neal is going to be, you know, an important player for the Jazz. Um, I think, you know, this is in the series where they're going to have to rely on, you know, I think they have enough offensive weapons to where, you know, he'll be able to stay on the floor and, you know, just focus on a, a defensive role. Uh, whether that's against Wiggins or Toscano Anderson or whoever else, not that those guys are, you know, deadly threats. Of course. But, yeah, overall, like, Rudy Gobert is, is going to cause problems. Like, Draymond will be able to do a decent job on him. Uh, other than that, like, you know, we saw a lot in the in the Laker game, uh, just Curry's ability to get to the rim, uh, and he finished with some really difficult shots, a lot of floaters. Uh, I don't know if you're going to be able to get those floaters around Rudy Gobert, over top of Rudy Gobert. I just think it's going to be that much harder. Uh, and then coming in with Derek Favors off the bench, too, who is, you know, a decent-ish matchup for Draymond Green as well. Um, like, I just, I think, outside of Steph Curry, this team will be able to defend Golden State well, and there are just too many weapons outside of that. Um, is Kelly Olenek, I haven't seen an update on Kelly Olenek in a while, I feel like he would be a nice guy to get back to kind of throw at some of these wings, the Joe Engels, the Bojans, uh, mm-hmm. if they were able to. But, Wait, um, if, if he wasn't in Houston. Did I say Kelly Olenek? I meant Kelly Oubre. I know. <laughs> I was like, no, I figured as much. I figured as much. And, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, apparently I'm he's sorry. trying to come back, but I think it's not optimistic. He's out. I think he had, what, a broken – wrist or something. I mean, it it wasn't. It yeah. didn't look pretty for uh, Mr. Ubre. Uh, honestly, his entire Warriors tenure so far did not. But yeah, it, it apparently he is um, progressing, but he's gonna have that wrist reevaluate in seven days. He's still in significant play or significant pain, and um, yeah, he's gonna be out because he tore a ligament in his I, wrist and sustained a fracture in that palm. I don't think he's gonna play. No, no. Uh, they said he's definitely gonna miss the start of the playoffs, and honestly, if you're gonna miss the start of the playoffs, um. And I don't expect to be in place very long. You might as well just say you're gonna miss the playoffs. But on yeah. a random note, he did announce yesterday that him and his wife are having a baby. Oh well, congratulations! There you me. go. There you go. Something good can come out of a pretty rough year for Mr. Ubre. But with that being said, let's move on from the tsunami poppy and also the Western Conference because we got to go to the East. We have officially run through our West. It only took us an hour. So look at that. Uh, who knows how long the East will take? Who cares? No, I'm playing. Let's get into it, though. We're going to start with uh, the newly crowned eighth seed Washington Wizards against Joel Embiid and the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. So I'm going to be brief about this. I mean, the 76ers are just a better team, as much as I like to say it. The Wizards probably have the best player on both teams. Um, if you close one eye and squint really hard, that would be Russell Westbrook. Um, but if you have both eyes open in all your senses, you're probably looking at the 76ers for the most part. And I couldn't entirely blame you, so it is what it is. Um, I just don't see how they stop and beat. There isn't a matchup there for him. Uh, the three-headed Hydra of, um, you know, Daniel Gafford, Robin Lopez, and Alex Len is not going to be effective against that. Although, the three-headed I mean, Hydra of Alex Len and Robin Lopez, and that's 
and Daniel Gafford. That's a good. I haven't heard that one. I like that. I, I, that's inspired. Just just off the top of the dome there. But um, I just don't think it works. I mean, Embiid's just too big, too strong for any of them. Uh, if Gafford wouldn't jump on any time a player even moves toward the basket, he might have a better chance. But he will inevitably do that. He'll get get three fouls before halftime and just being effective. And then the other guys, I mean, come on now, really, if we're going to war with Alex Lindsay starting center against uh, Joel Embiid, you might as well just go home. But the set, the Wizards will not go home. They will fight. Uh, Bradley Beal did look a lot better. Again, this was against just a horrible overmatched Pacers team, but still he looked a little healthier. He looked a little spry. He is not hundred percent. I totally understand that, but I think that him and Westbrook could get a backcourt game going where they are both explosive. Um, we've seen Westbrook against the 76ers before. It's always a lot of fun. Westbrook usually gets his numbers, even if Ben Simmons can be a little bit of a, of a, a deterrent. Uh, he usually isn't. I think the, big issue that was at the 76 don't just have Ben Simmons they also have a guy like Maltese Thibel they also have a guy like Danny Green they have a few guys they can throw at both Beal and Westbrook so that can make it tough with that being said I think the Wizards steal one game possibly um at home I think they just have a really electric offensive night let's say Joel B Joel and B gets in foul trouble you know Ben Simmons ain't gonna shoot let's think other guys are cold it could happen but the 76ers are just too much and I've probably spent too much time on this preview already uh 76ers in Five. I'll take a Sixers sweep. Uh, Bradley Beal looked good tonight, and I'll give him that. But um, a sweep? No respect for the 2017 MVP. Ow. Okay. Uh, some it's respect not- for the 2017 MVP. I think he'll have a fine series, a uh, couple games. Uh, he might also have some stinkers. We don't know. I think he'll definitely is, have a couple. That is. Um, that is true. The size, the length. Uh, is this gonna give? Russell problems, uh, trying to drive around, trying to beat Matisse Thibel and then drive around and get into Joel Embiid. It's just going to be a problem. I don't expect to see a ton of Matisse Thibel. Like we'll see him in spurts in this series. But, um, yeah, like I said, if Bradley Beal looks good, maybe they can steal a game. And I thought he looked good tonight. Um, but he, he looked healthier. He just looked to be moving more comfortably. Uh, but overall, yeah, I think... Everybody else but Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal and Andy Smith are going to get, like, toasted in this series. Yeah. And, uh, like, we'll, we'll get some more Robin Lopez hook shots, and that'll be fun. But overall, I don't know. What do you want me to say? Like, Daniel Gafford will catch lobs. That'll be fun. Uh, and Sixers will still be up 15. You're not lying, so I'm not going to laugh too hard. Yeah, you're right. And Russell Westbrook with the dunk, and he snarls at the crowd. And guess what? The Wizard within 17. Yeah, <laughs> I, I see that happening a few times. All right, you know what? Yeah, you're right. We're, we're, I mean, I'm still going to keep my five, but I can totally see a sweep. Um, You know what I can also see? Is a Are sweep? we going to get any Caleb Holmesley minutes in this series? You know what? I you, you had to meet your quota of just random guys that I barely know of. Um, You know what I'm going to say to that? Absolutely. Absolutely, Justin. I hope. Get it. I hope. There's going to be more than enough garbage time in one of these games, uh, potentially two, for that to happen. He's got to make us $12,000 this year. Now, listen, us. listen. Go in your bag. Get your money, dude. I'm totally with it. Here's a more important question. Will Russell Westbrook get that triple-double? Oh, sure. He'll probably have, like, two or three in the series. Right, uh, That's it'll all be I limited because we'll only have four games, but he'll probably get at least one. <laughs> Funny guy. All right. I'm going to... Move past that set. What happened to Isak Bonga, by the way? Like, I like that dude. And he just kind of fell off the face of the earth. I mean, when you play for Scott Brooks, there's always that possibility, right? 
Like they're playing Chandler Hutchinson over him, and Chandler Hutchinson hasn't been like terrible, terrible. But I kind of like Isak Bonga. I mean, Isak's okay. I mean, you're saying this from a guy who over 40 games, two points a rebound, with amazing 30, 20, 60 splits. So okay, I, but like if Hutchinson's doing and literally and anything better, like, huh? You can stick him on Seth Curry a little, maybe. He can guard Matisse Thybulle, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Again, I feel like Bonga's that guy that, in theory, we go, oh, yeah, he can do this, oh, yeah, he can do that. And it's like, but then you see him out there, and he's not actually doing it, though. I don't know, I think he's a fine perimeter defender. Like, he's okay enough at that. I mean, listen, I hope Scott Brooks breaks open, you know, the, the, the Isaac Bonga emergency glass and, and lets that happen. But right now, I mean, Hutchinson is shooting, you know, 36% from three. At least he'll he'll take one. Uh, you know, he's another guy in that just nondescript six foot six role that can kind of be in the area. You know, <laughs> like he fits that uh that that prototype for the Wizards. That you're right. If Isaac Bunga could just hang his hat on that, that'd be great. But I feel like he hangs his hat on that because what else can you hang Bunga's hat on? You know, that's fair. So I don't is know. Is Bertans going to do anything in this series? Honestly, that is the most. Listen, wouldn't it be so random for him to just go completely off? I would love to see it, but it's like, it's just, is it going to happen? No. I mean, he's a one-dimensional guy with a hell of a dimension, but when he's not bringing that, he might as well go sit next to Isaac Bonga because, again, what does he hang his hat on? And Caleb Holmesley. Exactly. <laughs> All them trying to get their money. So yeah, it, it's uh, it's um, it, it's something else there. It's something else. But I, I'm I'm gonna go with um, with uh, just moving on from that. Wizards are gonna have a good fight. I got distracted for a second. Shout out to Nate Duncan for clapping back to uh, Chris Denari on the most random uh, Demontis Sabonis uh, back and forth I've witnessed. I mean, I just thought it was hilarious. Um, and you know Nate was probably waiting all game for that. But anyway, <laughs> I just love uh. Clap back. So we're going to keep moving to something I think is going to be really quick for both of us. I really don't have much of a preview for it. I just don't think it's much of a series. Number two Nets versus number seven Celtics. Celtics are going to go to battle with, you know, a guy in Jason Tatum who just had a 50-point game that we'll never remember in terms of statistics because it doesn't count as a playoff game, doesn't count as a, a, a regular season game. It's just kind of a game that happened um, that he scored 50. Uh, but I think the Celtics are totally unmatched. It's really him and Walker. Kemba Walker, that is providing the offense against a Nets team that, while they haven't had a whole lot of time to gel, I don't think you need that much time to gel between James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving against an underwhelming, injury-ridden Boston Celtics squad. Um, it's funny. I think Boston can kind of match up with the Nets pretty well, at least for moments, because, you know, Kemba Walker on Kyrie, um, Marcus Smart on James Harden, and then, of course, Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant. I think those would be interesting matchups. The problem is, you know, the Nets are going to go switch everything. You know, they're going to go on ISO a lot, and all those matchups brought up will probably not happen a whole lot. So with that being said, I think the Nets just kind of sweep this one. I mean, the Nets can definitely lose a game. I could definitely see them losing a game. I don't think they have that, oh, yeah, foe, foe, foe type thing. Uh, or 2001 Lakers in them, but, like, I don't see them being tested by this particular Boston squad. No, and we'll have to see the health of some of these Celtics. Uh, it's just been kind of weird with that. Um, but, yeah, I think Tristan Thompson will probably have a good game. You know, he'll get his fair share of rebounds and putbacks and draw some fouls. Uh, I think especially if Robert Williams is going to be there, that'll be a good matchup for him to do a little bit of work and, so that maybe um, he was worth that contract after all. You know, but, you know um, what you're doing? You know what you're doing there? Tristan Thompson again gets the glass. 
Again, puts the bucket in the foul. 19-point game with mid to play. That's what we're getting again. <laughs> I'm getting major. I'm getting major vibes there. Mike Breen on the call. Well, that's gonna be Taco Fall, not that's that's gonna be Taco, not Tristan Thompson. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're For right. For the minutes to play, we're gonna be getting Taco minutes. Carson but, uh, three. Bang. Maybe some Luke Cornett. Maybe some Luke Cornett action at that. There point. you go. I, but, I, I'll, um, I'll take that action. Hey, honestly, if Robert Williams is gonna be out more, which maybe he'll, I, I, he might play, but if he's gonna you know continue to be limited by that, we might see some Luke Cornett minutes. Um, yeah, it's not, you know, out the, out of, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. Maybe they try to go – you know, I think the, the Nets may go small sometimes, and you know Grant Williams will be able to match up against that, I think, fairly well. But, yeah, I think you make the right points. Like, Kemba Walker looked good. Uh, is he going to keep looking good? I don't know. Um, Guess as good as mine. Jason Tatum will continue to be Jason Tatum, but at the same time, uh, the Nets just have more – and <laughs> I think that's all you really need to say. Uh, they'll they'll get switches, they'll get mismatches, um, they'll draw double teams, and then they'll kick it to Joe Harris, and Joe Harris will make every single three in the series, and that'll be that. And and that's all there is to it. Um, I mean, yeah, and you got just a lot off the bench, I think, for Brooklyn uh, in shooters. Landry Shamet, of course, can't forget. Joe Harris is just going to be starting alongside them. Jeff Green's going to have a solid game. I expect a dunk from Blake Griffin. Every time he dunks, I get mad because I really just totally bought into the whole he's broken down and, you know, he's just trying to win a ring before he heads out or just kind of goes into role play. And it's like, no, he could have done this for Detroit. He just chose not to. It just grinds my gears, man. Just grinds my gears. I mean, would you have chose to, to be perfectly fair to Blake Griffin? Like, I don't know, like. Did we expect him to play his absolute hardest for Detroit when he knew he probably wasn't going to well, be that long? Well, I mean, long? listen, my thing is this. You went there, you put up your, your face of, I'm going to be a leader. In that respect, yes. In that respect, yes. What happened to a guy who, you know, privately wants to leave? We get that. But just toils, high level of play. You know your team's going to lose, but you're going to be that guy. You're not canning it in. You're not, you know, you're, you're going to play. You're going to play the best of your ability. And knowing that the team's nowhere, and you're, yeah, you're trying to manufacture an exit behind the scenes, of course, but you're not pouting, you're not, you know, going Kevin Love on Cleveland route, you know, you're not saying one thing, doing another, you're just playing as hard as you can, um, taking those L's and, and, and keep moving. And the 90s happened all the time. Mitch Richmond back with the Kings, you know, um, trying to think of other ones because that immediately just erased my brain. Um, Clyde Drexler with the Blazers uh, before he got traded to the Rockets, you know, guys who just keep playing. And then, I mean, actually, Clyde was different because he did go to Houston and just flourish. But the point being, I, I just, I don't know. I don't think that's... Let me say this about, I was like, let me say this about Blake Griffin. All like, right. the whole, like, he hadn't dunked a ball in however long thing was completely overblown. Like, duh, he hasn't dunked a ball in a long time. He hasn't played in a long time. He was out. He was injured. And then the whole entire league got shut down and the Blazers were invited, or not the Blazers, but the Pistons were invited to the bubble. Like... He hasn't played in a long time. Of course he hasn't dunked the ball in a long time. Okay. It's been a long time since, like, Kevin Love dunked the ball. No one's talking about that just because he's never been a dunker. But Kevin Love hasn't played in a really long time. So, of course he didn't dunk the ball. Like, he went, like, four games without dunking a basketball. And all of a sudden everybody's, oh, Blake Griffin hasn't dunked in this long. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of a funny stat. But, like, at the same time, he just hasn't been playing. And, like, it's not totally his game anymore either. He's way freer in Brooklyn than he ever was in Detroit. Uh, he is the, you know, fourth guy or fifth guy on the minds of defenses compared to the first when he was in Detroit. 
so he had more responsibilities. He was paid attention to all the time by defenses. So, like, sure, like, he didn't have a great exit in Detroit. But it's not like it was terrible. It's not like he went James Harden and just, you know, blew things up. It's not like he went Jimmy Butler and just blew things up. Like, yes, he didn't dunk a ball. That's fine. Dude, I mean, go off, Justin. My bad. Don't let me stop. Like, I, just, I don't understand all the I don't understand all the Blake Griffin, you know, disrespect that mm-hmm. we've kind of gotten here. Just because, again, like the dude was good, and then he got hurt, and he came back, and he wasn't as good, which we all expected, and he still hasn't been as good. He gets to a team that is a lot better. He's freed up in the offense, and now he's playing better. Big surprise on a team that is competing for a championship. Listen, Justin's been listening. Justin Prowls on Twitter. He hears it, and he's done with it. He's had enough of it. There's him sound off. Stop it. Like, I don't think it's like that big of a thing anymore, but like at the time, it was just kind of annoying. It was annoying. I feel you. Hey, listen. This, this, this is a platform to sound off there. You know what I mean? It's like the – all this. no, I'm just kidding. I was going to say all the smoke and make an all the smoke joke, but I'm going to leave that alone. Um, but with that <laughs> – no, you're right. I, I, think, I think it makes sense. I just – I don't know. I get where you're coming from, and I think you're right there. I just wish it had worked out differently. But at the same time, it worked out in the best possible way for Blake Griffin. You can't forget he was the one who was put on a shirt with Martin Luther King and other great luminaries in American history um, and then just unceremoniously dumped to Detroit uh, not even half a year later. So with that being said, you know what? Get what all you can because this league – uh, you know, it's out for itself. All the good stuff that players say to make themselves feel good about certain things. Uh, you deserve it, Blake, and there we are. You're on your way to a sweep of the Celtics. Going to the next round or next match. Shout out to Mike James. You know what? Shout out to Mike James. I like the guy. Um, In fact, shout out to um the NBA Draft Junkies podcast. Uh, Definitely make sure to check that out. NBA Draft Junkies just does that. Breaks down the NBA draft, uh, goes in deep. It's just a really solid pod, and it's done by a, a, a guy I know, a friend of mine, um, Rafael Barlow. Uh, he also hosts um, one of the one of the days of Locked On NBA Draft. He really goes deep. Um, he's done stuff from the NBA D- Development League, G League, all that good stuff. Um, he's just really all over um, in his analysis. And he had a show, uh, it just dropped this morning actually, on NBA Draft Junkies, where he interviewed Mike James. And um, hearing his story and kind of seeing where he's coming from, um, from Mike James, like, actual, like, from him. It was really interesting, and I, I enjoyed it. Um, so definitely uh, make sure to check that out, NBA Draft Junkies, Mike James interview, all that good stuff. But shout out to him, because he's just a really good guy. I remember him making it rain for the Suns a couple years back and wondering why he didn't stay in the league. I think he also did the same for the Pelicans as well. He's bounced around, but he's come up in here, and he is not shy at all. You know, he's among James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie. He's still going to light it up. No fear. And he's uh, just one of the greats in in Europe uh, over the last couple of years. So I don't think he should have any, but I'm just impressed by him just being picked up and going, you know what? I'm going to be me, and that's what I wanted, and that's what I got, the Mike James experience. So shout out to him. But here's where we take a little bit of time, uh, because I don't know what to make of this series, Justin. Uh, Bucks number three, Heat number six. I don't know. He totally embarrassed Milwaukee last year. Giannis Euro weighed his way, Euro stepped his way to an injury. Uh, people forget that uh, a certain guy named Chris Middleton kind of almost completely disappeared outside of a rousing Game Four victory, if I remember correctly. Um, 
But yeah, it, it was uh, it was a pretty uh, unceremonious dump of a team that everyone was going, oh, they're so great, and Giannis is this and that, and they're on a 60-win pace. And, you know, LeBron James MVP supporters like me were just shushed up when, meanwhile, you know, your champion just 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 limped away. So anyway, I'm not salty about that at all, but um, moving on to this year. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> um, but looking at this team, obviously the Heat have been in a slump most of the year. Uh Namely, Goran Dragic just aged. Um, not bringing back Jay Crowder was surprised. Maybe an issue. Uh, Jimmy Butler's battle injuries. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson not been the same players that they were uh, last postseason, last season. Fill in the blanks. They haven't been the same. Uh, and the Bucks, meanwhile, have been up and down in terms of maybe not being as down as they have been in years past. But they have been more solid. The addition of Drew Holiday has been big for them. Uh, you add that to another strong season by Giannis that nobody wants to talk about because they have MVP, MVP, MVP fatigue, and rightfully so, in my opinion, but they do. Um, you also can't forget Chris Middleton, another solid season. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo has grown as a three-point shooter. Uh, speaking of that, Bobby Portis and Bryn Forbes have also been big from three. This Bucks team has been pretty solid all year, um, but they're playing a Heat team that's had their kryptonite in the past. Justin, I throw it to you. What do you see coming up this matchup? Because I am, I just go back and forth as the wind tells me. The Heat will go as far as Omer Yurt 7 takes them. Wow. Another deep dive. Another, wow. You you just have to do that. You you are a totally proud basketball reference. I have well, to. Just, you have to. Uh, the sad thing is I say that you're totally proud basketball reference, and I know you're not. Like, I'm like, not on a basketball I, I know. I know. You just pull these names. I just, just. Uh, uh, anyways, let's get to the analysis. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, <laughs> Eliza Bryant. Never mind. Um, oh, well. <laughs> About to say, man. Anyway, <laughs> um, for the Bucks, I, I think the Bucks win this series. I feel comfortable that they will. While saying that, um, I do fully expect the Heat to come out here really fired up for this series. I think they're ready. I think they want the Bucks again. Um, I just think the Bucks are better this year, and I think that they have figured some things out. Um, I, I do think that we might see Giannis, especially in this first round, struggle again. Uh, just because I feel like the, the Heat just know how to, to do that. But at the same time, we've seen Giannis kind of kind of get some things figured out this year, uh, especially there have been a couple of games as of late. It's been a little inconsistent where we've seen him kind of work in that mid-paint area, you know, mid-post, uh, and hit some turnaround shots. Uh, my, my hope is that he doesn't try to take too many of those just kind of head-scratching threes, just trying to find that jump shot. Um but overall, I think he's been here enough now to where hopefully his confidence isn't messed up like I feel like it has been in the past. Um, he can just relax and shoot his free throws. I think he'll be fine. But I think Drew Holiday just adds so much to this team uh, as another point of attack defender, as another option that they can go to on offense, which is just something they haven't had in the past that they do this year. Uh, I think Drew Holiday has just quietly had, I mean, not super quietly, but overall just had a fantastic year for them, giving them exactly what they hoped he would. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other side, not having Victor Oladipo is just kind of a bummer for the Heat. I thought that would have been really, really fun to see how he meshed with this team. And uh, we were just kind of robbed of that. So, you know, we got Goran Dragic. We've got Tyler Hero, uh, Kendrick Nunn, who has looked really, really good lately, uh, at least a lot better than he did. Um, so, you know, that guard rotation is, is going to be solid still. Um, you know, Tyler Hero has struggled a lot this year. I'm not the biggest Tyler Hero fan in the world, but, you know, he turned on the playoffs last year. There's no reason to believe that he couldn't do it again this year. Uh, Trevor Ariza has been a great pickup for him. Um, you know, Nemanja Bielitsa serves his depth, I guess. Uh, I even I even like the pickup of uh, Dwayne Dedman, actually, uh, who, you know, has 
come in and just provided rock solid minutes at the center spot for him. Um, yeah, I think they're going to give him a fight. And I think this is like the one matchup that Milwaukee probably didn't want in the first round, mm-hmm. uh, just because of the history, you know, especially because of the history, but just, I don't think it's a great matchup for him. But at the end of the day, um, yeah, I, I, I think the Bucks take this. I think they have good guys to defend what or what Miami's going to try to do. Uh, and maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe Jimmy Butler just kind of goes nuts and, you know, it doesn't matter. But between Drew Holiday, you know, being, you know, what he is, he's going to give Goran and Tyler a lot of problems. Uh, Giannis is going to keep doing what he does as a health defender on drivers. Uh, P.J. Tucker being in there is going to be nice for them as well. Uh, he's not like a crucial element of this series, I don't believe. But, you know, a guy who, when you switch on to Bam Adebayo, he's not going to be able to, like, Bam's not just going to be able to make that, you know, an easy bucket every time on P.J. is going to make him work for it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when a guy like, you know, if they have to play Bryn Forbes, uh, will he be able to stay afloat defensively? But, you know, another guy who's going to provide some shooting and some spacing for him. So I definitely think this is going to be a tough matchup. And I'm going to say Bucks in six or seven. But I just think the Bucks have it a little bit more figured out this year. I think they're going to be willing to make the adjustments that they have to make. And I just think they're going to overcome those fears that they had in the past. I'm going to go with you, if only because I think that the big X factor for Miami was uh, their team-centric ball. A lot of guys stepped up, a lot of different weapons. I feel that, you know, regardless of just unfortunate timing and due to injury or bad trades, whatever the case may be, uh, letting Jay Crowder go in free agency, um, either event, the Heat are weaker. I do think the Bucks are stronger, and I will also give it to the Bucks. I want to say seven, but I think I'm going to finish with six. So, I'm going to go Bucks in six for now. I do reserve the right to change it, but I won't because I'll be posting these and we got to stick by these for posterity's sake. So, Bucks in six for me. What did you have for yours again? I said I six Bucks. or seven. I'll be Bucks. different and I'll just say seven. Bucks in seven. Just going to be different. I'm, I'm actually now excited to win that one. All right. Last matchup of the pod, of the night, of the playoffs, at least for this first round. Number four, the New York Knicks. Number five, the Atlanta Hawks. Julius Randle, Trey Young, a bunch of other guys, because always a bunch of other guys in the playoffs. Um, Knicks have won all three uh, games against the Hawks all season, just because Julius Randle's a beast. Um, and I'm not sure who the Hawks' ideal matchup is for the Knicks. At the same time, Knicks offensively are slog, but I'm so glad they're back in the playoffs, and much more so. I'm glad they're back in the playoffs playing the way that the Knicks played back when they had some sustained success of the 90s because I've never seen such exciting 96-99, to 101-95 games as I've seen from the New York Knicks over the last uh, couple of months here. So, Knicks and Hawks, who are you taking and why, Justin? I am going to take the Hawks here. Ooh, uh, I think it's going to okay. be another fun matchup. Uh, I think the Knicks are going to come out and play really, really hard. And there is not a good matchup for Julius Randle on this team. Uh, honestly, like, I don't really have, like, I, I think that's kind of a risky pick. I think that the Hawks are just the more talented team. Uh, I think the offense just flows so much better for them. I think they're going to be much more capable of getting, you know, points in the half court with Bogdan and Danilo. And we'll see how much Lou plays, but you got him, you got Trey, obviously, uh, John Collins is going to be, you know, a guy who gets around. Um, I think that they're, they're definitely going to have to figure out how to guard Julius Randle. Um, I don't know if John Collins is going to work that well, 
uh, he might. Um, you know, Cam Reddish is questionable for the playoffs. I think he was ruled out for the first series, at least, for the first round. Something like um, that. Clint Capella might be able to do something. But the guy I'm looking at here is Solomon Hill, who I think is going to be a really, really, really important guy to throw at Julius for not the whole game, but good stretches, uh, just to keep him in check through throughout the game. And, you know, in those closing minutes, whether it's him or someone else, I think you can get it figured out. Uh, John Collins is just not a good matchup for him. Uh, you know, John Collins is a strong, but he's kind of a wiry strength, whereas, you know, his length will bother Julius, but Julius will still be able to just kind of bulldoze through him. Um, but at the same time, like I said, I, I just trust the Hawks' talent. Uh, as hard as I know the Knicks are going to play, um, I just trust outside of Julius Randle, I don't know who I really trust to just go out and make shots on this Knicks team right now. Uh, Alec Burks might be able to provide a little bit of that juice. Derek Rose might be able to provide a little bit of that juice. Uh, I'm not sure how R.J. Barrett's going to look in his first playoff series, but I'm not expecting a ton. Um, you know, Reggie Bullock will hit his shot. But overall, I just think that as they have been for a while, the Knicks will kind of struggle to score. Um, outside of Julius Randle, I don't think there are a lot of, you know, massive mismatches for this team defensively. And uh, I just think the Hawks are going to get it figured out. That's interesting. I mean, listen, Solomon Hill is always known to take out someone's ankle when he has to, right? Yeah. Sorry. Nope, that wasn't fair to Solomon Hill, but I just hated that play to LeBron. And it messed directly with the sense of the Lakers season, so I was a little salty. Anyways, going off from that drive-by on Solomon Hill, um, I feel like I'm leaning toward the Knicks. I think that the Knicks have just enough of the defensive tenacity of – and that's something we have to focus on. I think they have enough of Tom Thibodeau's defensive uh, principles instilled – that I think they'll be able to carry those through. I mean, this is the battle of the underachieving playoff coaches, right? You know, Tom Thibodeau usually has yeah. run his team to the absolute ground. Nate McMillan takes until the one-minute mark of a four-game sweep during game four to realize, whoa, <laughs> I shouldn't make this adjustment. So you have to take that into consideration yeah, the, as well. The Pacers have had some of the most competitive – that was a very competitive sweep, I will say. It was a sweep, uh, but it was a competitive sweep. I mean, yes. And yeah, imagine yeah. what would happen if they actually adjusted, right? Like, like yeah, they right. just played as hard as they could one way. And that's what you're getting right now. You're getting an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. And honestly, I think that one of the um, um, unstoppable forces, if we're going to use that for Trey Young's Hawks, which I will just assign that, a lot of that goes on variance of their shots falling down. Now, yes, you have plenty of weapons to do that. Danilo Gallinari. You know, uh, Bogdan Badanovich, you have Trey Young. I'm, I'm just not naming an order of, of, of potency here, but, you know, John Collins. You have a lot of guys who put them on the basket, but I could see a few of them getting cold. You know, Lou Williams, um, and he, I mean, Lou Williams probably the one guy who's probably not going to go cold. But the point being, you have a lot of guys there who can definitely go manufacture offense, make shots, that good stuff. But defensively, the Knicks have proven they can stand that against great teams. They've proven they can stand that against, against, against bad teams. They've proven that it doesn't really matter the environment. You know, they beat the Clippers late down the stretch. They beat, they made the Lakers a tough game. We see what they did on other top teams like this. Defense travels. They play well with that. And I think all things being equal, I think that using the advantage they have with Julius Randle, because that's just a, a complete advantage they have. Enough timely shots from guys like R.J. Barrett, you know, like Derrick Rose, who's been playing very well for the Knicks all year long, and that defense being what it is, I see the Knicks winning, and I see the Knicks winning in six games. What is the Knicks answer on defense for Mr. 50-50-100? Is this some obscure player? Am I getting, uh, am, I, am I being punked? 
Who is this player? No, this is not an obscure player. It's Mr. Tony Snell. Oh my gosh! See, I oh my Shot gosh! Fifty plus from the field, fifty plus from three, a hundred percent from the line. Dude, you know what? I take it back. Minimum Hawks. points to a per game from the line. <laughs> Freak it, Hawks in three. Hawks in okay, three. Okay, I'm actually I'm I'm gonna pull a basketball reference real quick just because I gotta see, I gotta see Tony Snell's stats here. Yeah, I mean it's what on like 34 shot attempts for the year. Probably, if that. Okay, so we're on basketball reference. We're on Tony. I am Snell. already there. Yeah. Okay, 21 minutes this year has taken three and a half attempts a game, 51.5 percent, 57 percent on 2.33s a game, and a whopping 100 percent on even more whopping .2 free throws a game. Wow. Tony Smell has not missed a free throw in the past two seasons. Listen, you got to look back and you got to look at Chicago and whoever scouted him, picked him 20th overall, give that man a raise. Because who knew that you get such deadly efficiency on five points, two rebounds, and assist a half a game on uh, on, on, on this level of production? Like, wow. Like, I mean, okay, joking aside, that's just – like, you took talk about specialist. Uh, Tony Snell might as well be the new um, – Who's that guy who played with? Oh my goodness! Now I'm gonna go back into the memory banks. 2012 OKC Thunder. Actually, it's probably 2014 OKC Thunder. Um, he puts the, the shooting and shooting specialist. Um, 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 come on, Corp. Remember, remember, remember. Um, Anthony Morrow. There you go. There we go. He's a regular Anthony Morrow. I mean, Morrow had had good some comparison. seasons, huh? That's a good comparison. Thank you, thank you. Morrow had a season. Uh, well, it wasn't uh, quite as uh, just accurate as uh, Mr. Snell's, but he had a, he shot 47% from the field, 46% from three, 87% from the line, over 67 games. Who scores more points in this series, Tony Snell or Luca Vildoza? I mean, listen. Uh, it, it, I mean, it has to be Snell, and this is why. If you put Snell out there at the percentages with which he's knocking down these shots, he's gonna make it, right? So if he shoots, if he shoots it, whereas if you put, um, say his last name again, Vildoza, put Vildoza out there. I don't even expect Vildoza to play regular minutes in the series, but like, it's a legitimate question. Like, is Tony Snell going to shoot the ball? Well, I feel like if you put him out there, you know, you at least have a better than 50% chance that Snell, if shoots, he's going to make it. Whereas I don't know the percentages for Bedouza. Did you say Bedouza? I said Bedouza. Is that what you said, right? Vildoza. Dildoza? 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 V-I-L. Oh, shoot. Vildoza. V-I-L. Okay, okay. Vildoza. That's what she said. There you go. There it is. All right. Well, you know, I can't defend that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I would take Snell over Vildoza. Uh, Shout out to Mr. Vildoza. Um, Hopefully he gets the minutes to justify us talking about you today. All right. Oh, that's all I got, man. I think that is a merciful place to wind this show down. Um, real quick, just to run through the predictions. Oh, you said Hawks in what? I'll go Hawks in six. There it is. Okay, so we're going to run through the, the West first here. We've got the Jazz and Warriors. We do have the Warriors beating the Grizzlies in the playing game tonight. We both have Jazz. Well, I have Jazz in six. You have Jazz in five. We have Suns versus Lakers. I have Lakers in six. You also you know, went with the right person here. That will be me. Uh, you did the same thing with Nuggets versus Blazers. We both had Nuggets in seven. 
um, against Smart Choice. Then you decided to do something different for number four and five, Clippers Mavericks. I took Clippers in five. You said Clippers in six. Uh, take it to the East, 76 versus Wizards. I have 76 and five. You totally disrespected Russell Westbrook and said 76 and four. Won't be forgotten. Um, anyways, Nets versus Celtics. We both picked a Nets sweep. Uh, Hawks versus Knicks. We both settled for a tie with the um, Hawks. No, we didn't. I said Knicks in six. You yeah. said Hawks in six. Totally forgot that. Okay. And then uh, Bucks versus Heat. Really kind of the, one of the bigger series, in my opinion, the playoffs of this first round. I have Bucks in six. You have Bucks in seven. Justin, we have to come back and do this again come the second round. Absolutely. I'll right, be here. Hey, listen, that, that is where – thank you. We That's – this is what the people need to hear, all right? We need to get back to the fun trade Fridays in a little bit, too, because you know you know, the offseason is coming, and some of those lottery teams, these, their fans, they can't wait to get in action with those uh, NBA trade fingers and making these outlandishly, uh, quote-unquote, fun trades. So we got to do that again. I got a spicy Cavs trade that I talked about on Cavs Central Pod today. Ooh. You know, oh, okay. I mean, it's coming out tomorrow. Okay. No, I was going to say break it down here, but no, let's 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 check out Cavs Central Pod. In fact, this is a great time to plug Justin over here uh, on Twitter at JustinMatch26. Uh, if you like the kind of deep dive just into the minutiae analysis that we got here, um, and this is on the regular NBA, imagine if he put his focus on one team. Well, guess what? You're in luck because he does. It's for the Cavs. Um, Cavs Central Pod, check that out. A uh, part of the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, where you can also check out another little show called Spurring the Spurs, which just kind of got back going. Uh, you know, I'm just saying there's a guy up there who's, who's you know, into the Spurs now, and, you know, just check that out. But Hoop Heads Pod Network, definitely great source of content from a variety of teams, X and O's coaching, um, just understand the game better, understand teams better, a lot of content there, and Justin's Pod is one of the best in the biz on the side, so definitely make sure to check that out. Um, follow me on Twitter at Corbin NBA. Follow Hoopball online, hoop-ball.com on Twitter at Hoopball Tweets. Definitely make sure to check that out. Listen, for Justin, Justin, you frosty, man? I'm frosty. Actually, I'm actually pretty hot right now. Really? Uh, because I'm in my room and I turned my fan off and closed my window as to prevent outside noise. So I'm just like oh. sitting in the upstairs of my house sweating right now. Oh but gosh. Okay. Regardless, I am frosty. There you go. And Justin is frosty. That just just pretend you heard. He's frosty. I'm frosty. Y'all stay frosty, and we will talk to y'all real real soon. All right, y'all. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.